Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. Is this uh, Godzilla? Yes, sir. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing, Craig? Good. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I just sent Rev the same link, so I'm sure he's going to pop in any second. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> how long have you been rapping yourself? Like, uh, I saw you guys were in a group together. Yeah. Um, way back, like 20 years ago. I think it was uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Murders. Yep. How did that come about? Um, um, so the actual Mike Murder recruit, Mike Murder recruit, was uh me and some other fellas or whatnot, some buddies of mine. And when I met Catalyst through wrestling, <laughs> through uh wrestling, not mind you, um, he intro- he ended up introducing me to Chris, who was just getting into EMS, and um. We just kind of said, you know, you guys should be part of the crew, and they were, and we made a few. I think uh, they made three mixtapes or whatnot, and um, yeah, that was that. And I mean, uh, so realistically, the for me rapping, I've been like I've been rapping for twenty years. I'd say I've been real serious about it, you know. Shorter than that, I, I I don't know an exact time frame, but a lot shorter than that, man. I really wish that I uh I did more, knowing how much Chris was grinding or whatnot. But that's I'm I'm happy to be here now, man. Very happy. Yeah, I can relate a lot to that. Like when it comes to DJing, I've been DJing for like 20 years off and on, mm-hmm. but I I never really took it seriously, you know, until like a, maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. And it was it was crazy, you know. Um, Chris was going, you know. Rev was going on tour with M Dot in uh, Europe, and he said, "Hey, man, you know." He he sent me a me- he actually called me. I'm sorry, and was just like, "Hey, you know, I think me and you should do something together." You know, as you know, when I get back, we'll start mapping it out. You know, what I mean, he goes, "It's no rush," but yada yada. And at the time, I can't front. I was just like, "Yeah, oh, you know, whatever, whatever." And we hadn't made music together in years. I didn't. I, I'm not gonna say I didn't think he was serious about it because Chris is always serious, but I wasn't sure how everything was gonna map out. You know what I mean? Was gonna play out, and it, it turned out great, man. It was dope. Um, that dude is one of the best motivators I've ever been around. Like he, he just makes you want to step your game up. So I'm, I'm more than appreciative to be around him. And he's the one that, like you said, you know, like um, some, you know, about uh, getting serious about stuff. It's him that got me there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, well, well, thank you, sir. I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were on yet or not. You kind of just popped on out of nowhere. So, um, we got Rev, Rev of EMS. He's on the line now, and uh, you, you guys have an album together that's coming out really soon, in about two weeks. Yes, sir. So it's uh, how do you say it exactly? Revolutionary. It's revolutionaries. Yeah. Okay. So um, what's the meaning behind the way you spelt it out? It's got part of the name Rev and Ill, and then one. So I'll let I'll let I'll let Illa um jump in because the initial idea uh was his, and then I kind of played off of what he had developed. So okay. I'll let him kick it off with how, how how it got there. It was it was really just a play on words. Um him being, you know, revelation and me being God Illa and the way the album was coming about. I had uh, I think the initial name was the revolution or whatnot. And uh, yep. and Chris actually came out or Rev came up with the idea of saying revolutionaries or whatnot. And uh so I I really was I'm not going to say adamant, but I I thought it was a good idea to do something that combined both of our names, <clears throat> and um it, that it wasn't to necessarily go with a theme or create a theme for the album, but it all ended up working out in that sense. But so yeah, uh, yeah so realistically, when I when I came up with the initial idea, it was just something trying to think of how to implement both of our names because neither one of us had came up with a title yet. 
So whose idea was it to do this project together? And what was the first song you recorded for it? Oh, 100%. So, oh, Rev's idea. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So so to further uh, elaborate on the last question, and then I'll jump into that. So sure. so Re- so um, Ella came up with uh, Revolution. <clears throat> and then I said, well, why don't we make it revolutionaries? Because then there's an A in there. And now you have you have. If we put it like ill, you know, ill is like hip hop slang for dope. So right. we, we kind of flip it a little bit. And now you have Rev in there and you have Illa in there. If you if you take ill and then you capitalize the A in Aries. So now both of our aliases are in there. But as the album, you know, as we started recording more songs, um, it, it just kind of fell into place with what we were rhyming about because we were kind of talking about uh you know personal things societal things and just like motivational stuff like you know like dream chaser and stuff's like really like inspirational and just talking about being on your grind and and that type of stuff is kind of how the direction the the album basically went you know what i mean so the title just ended up working even better than we anticipated um and then to, to follow up with the other question you asked is basically we had been in talks for a while of doing something together, like uh, Ella mentioned, but uh, we just never got around to it. And, you know, I was in Europe and and we were just kind of like chatting uh, back and forth and stuff. And uh, I was like, you know what, when, when I get back, I I really want to do something. Like I was like serious about it and wanted to do something because I thought it was long overdue. Um, Me and uh, Catalyst from the Mike Murderers, which is, which is our other crew. So, Obviously, Craig, you know me from EMS, but one right. of my other crews, which was like a side crew, kind of like RZA has Wu-Tang, but then he has like the Grave Diggers, you know? So Mike Murderers was another crew, and it was just it basically friends, you know, because uh, my dude Catalyst, I had known him growing up uh, for, for years. Like, you know, we lived in the same projects, went to the same high school, and he knew Illa through wrestling because they both were doing like uh, like pro wrestling, like um and basically I would go to the events to support uh, my boy Catalyst. And then that's how I met Ella. And we just, we all clicked and loved music. So we just, it, it naturally, we said, let's just do some, some projects and stuff together. And that's how, you know, we started doing the Mike Murderer stuff. But yeah, man, to, to go back to that, I came back from uh, Europe. And I think the first song we recorded, if I'm not mistaken, Ella was uh, back at it, right? Yep. 100%. Okay. Okay, How long yeah. ago was that that you started the album? Did it just uh, start in the last year about or something, a, or was this a long about project? a year and a, about a year and a half ago, Craig? So it's been in the making for quite a while. Like so, it was way before even like you know COVID started. So I would say like uh, maybe October ish of like 2019, somewhere around there, if I'm not mistaken, and then. Um, you know, then COVID hit and that obviously kind of slowed things a little bit down for, you know, the world in general. But uh, we just kept working and uh, we, you know, we kept scheduling meetings so that uh, uh, Ella could come down and record and we map out concepts and stuff. So about a year and a half of really perfecting it, redoing verses, like re-recording stuff, uh, mixing stuff over that wasn't up to par. So a lot of time and energy went into it for sure. So... Uh, it's funny you mentioned the wrestling because I was looking on Godilla's Instagram page and it says wrestling and hip hop. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask if it's like if he actually wrestles or if it's he's just really into watching wrestling on WWE or something. So I haven't I haven't actually wrestled in years, but once upon a time, yes, um, I I uh, dabbled in the square circle, <laughs> you know and. Uh, <laughs> And and to this day, like even before hip hop was a passion, man, I've always and still do love professional wrestling. Um, Yo, but tell him your tell him your name, tell him your name, your ring name, Ella. Oh shit! Oh come on, man! (laughs) You got him. You have to. (laughs) In wrestling, I was known as the Messiah. Yeah, I mean, I was. uh, Nah, nah. He was he was the Black Messiah first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, do you guys have a favorite wrestler? Ever? Oh yeah, for me easily Shawn Michaels, easily HBK, the goat, best wrestler of all time. Oh yeah, for That's me it's answer. for me it's the Undertaker. I, I always watch wrestling as a kid, and this is kind of what connected me 
what Illa is because I used to just like watching wrestling in general. And then, you know, when my friends started taking it seriously and like doing it, they started out in the backyard and then they started doing like actual, like, you know, like semi-pro events and things like that. So I would go, but uh, Undertaker always enamored me, man, because he was, he was like so mysterious. And I thought his entrance was like the coolest in wrestling, like with the, with yeah. the, all the lights going out and the bells and stuff. And oh. then the music hits. So I was always right. an Undertaker fan, big time. And Andre the Giant as well, because he was just a savage. <laughs> yeah. So was there ever any, like, um, releases from Mike Murders? Like, could you look it up on YouTube and find songs from you guys? Um. Yeah, so it, it's crazy because at the time we were doing this, Craig, like, when we were doing these mixtapes, it was probably, what would you say, Illa, like, like, we did the first one in what oh four maybe oh five somewhere around there. I want to say it was oh 04. no. We started we started recording the first mixtape in two thousand and three, and I think it came yeah. out two thousand and four. And it came out in oh four. Yeah. So this was really before a lot of that was prominent, Craig. Like YouTube, I don't even think was out yet, honestly. Uh, and if it was, it might have been in its infancy. We were putting stuff up on. You remember SoundClick, Craig? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were putting our music on. That's how far back it goes. So we were putting stuff on SoundClick. So if you go on SoundClick and you enter, um, like, I think it's, we had a duo, uh, like a duo page for Mike Murders and EMS stuff at the time. And uh, I think if you enter like Mike Murders, EMS or something, you'll see it in there. And uh, there's a bunch of old material from the mixtapes on there. So would you say um, EMS was together before you guys um, did Mike Murders? I no, Mike. actually. He, he go ahead, Taylor. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I was a Mike Murderer. Like I like, we just had like a crew or whatnot. We wasn't like serious about anything uh, before we met. You know, Chris uh, Revan Catalyst or whatnot. But the Mike Murderer crew had already existed, and um, but EMS was doing their thing. I would say on a different level before we decided to get serious about it so right i'll say so i would say that the mike murders was already a crew but it like ems was all when by the time we came around and met revelation like ems was already getting busy and you know that's what counts if you're not really putting music out there to let people hear so at the time we weren't really doing it ems was man and um and like i said i can't think of, i can't be thankful enough because all that led to this so yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I met. So I don't know. I'm sure Dot has told you the story, Craig. But I met M. Dot and Mayhem in college. Right. Uh, we all went to MCLA yep. together. M. Dot was there on a basketball scholarship, and I met um, Mayhem. He was hosting a thing called the Poetic Cipher. It was like a monthly event for MCs, and basically, uh, I did that, and. You know, I like spit a couple bars like freestyles and then Mayhem was digging it. So we kind of linked up and then I met MDOT through mutual friends. And that's how we formed the MS and started recording. And uh, basically uh, from from then we just, you know, we started doing stuff in the dorm room and it snowballed. But I actually had met uh, Illa and, and I knew uh, Catalyst like, you know, most of my life since I was like 14 or something like that uh, in high school. So I, I, you know, I met Ella through him and, and we had just known each other, but we didn't start really, like he said, doing music till like after. And, um, and yeah, it snowballed. And we did, uh, we did like three mixtapes. We yeah. hold on. My wife, just, my wife just entered the room. She made an entrance. <laughs> she got the dogs out here too. But anyway, no, um, that that's basically how it started and we did a few mixtapes and then we kind of like you know cooled off for a bit and everybody started doing like um like solo stuff and and then i did a um uh album with catalyst called killer tape and then you know now's the first yeah that album you you could hear that on um i want to say it's on it's up on soundcloud i believe but anyway um we have a soundcloud too um that, that I just made like last year, Craig, and there's uh, a bunch of, um, you know, like tunes on there, old uh, Mike Murderous tunes as well. So, so would you, did you guys like go years without talking to each other? I, I mean, no, social, we always, social media made it easy for everybody to stay in contact, but I would say that there was, yeah, where we weren't nearly as close as we should have been. 
and that was sad for whatever right, reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, as explained on one of the songs, you know, Chris talks about how he, you know, he lost touch with me and Catalyst, and we all, when our, you know, life brings you in different directions, and that ended up happening right. to us at one point, and it was terrible at the time. You like, you always know, like when I when I recorded my um, thank God for Godzilla, I. It wasn't that we weren't talking, but I wasn't really hanging out with them and communicating nearly as much. And one of my biggest regrets for that album is not having them around to help me out with it, to tell me, no, don't do this. And, hey, you should be doing that, yada, yada, yada. Or this beat sounds better than this. Or, you know, what are you thinking here? And I really missed that when recording that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I wouldn't say that there was years where we definitely just went without talking, but the communication for a point for friends as good as we are was very lacking at certain points. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah we just lost touch, you know, at, at times, but I mean, we stayed loosely in contact, like you said, through social media, but I think one of the things that uh, like really brought it around and, and it's funny because uh, Ella mentions this on uh, there's one, a song on the album called uh, sound of love, Craig. And it features our homie Lou six, who, who's really good friends with, uh, with Ella. And um, that song is a really personal song, like for each MC, because they kind of tell uh, a story about how they deal with like personal issues and stuff. So each person talks about like their vices, you know. And one of the things that, um, you know, Illa mentions is he says he, he cheated death, you know what I'm saying? Because he had a little bit of a, um, a hospital like stay like a few years back. And that kind of like, brought us back together in a sense because when that happened it kind of made me realize and all of us realize man life is short yeah so you know you got to tell people you know you love them and you care about them and you got to reach out and try to make more of an effort while people are still here because you never know you know mm -hmm. right yeah i mean look at dmx and black robin it's yeah exactly and they were they were what 50 you know, that's not yeah. old. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You got dudes still making music in their 50s. You know, good quality music. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Nas just won a Grammy at 50. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So do you guys have a favorite album? Uh, sorry, favorite song on the new album? Oh, man. I'll let, I'll let Ella go first on one. that one. Oh, I got to okay. think about it. So I'll, I'll toss it to Ella. Um. For me, it's uh, easily. I apologize. That that's that's my favorite. I think we. Both, that's a good one. Yeah, it's um. I think the meaning behind it, when you hear it or whatnot, talking about friends that you put too much stock into that really just chose not to be in your level for what for whatever reason or, you know, uh, were more it ended up being morally different than you expected, but just that that track for me you know, hits home with some things. And I just think as far as balance goes, like we both killed that track, man. Like I love listening to both verses. I love the hook on it. I love how methodical that beat is, man. Like, oh, mm -hmm. well, that, that's my favorite personally. That's my favorite. I don't know about Red, but that's my favorite. Yeah, I love, I love that joint a lot too um, because it's like, it's very, it's not what you would expect. The way that it starts out and the way that the beat starts out, you think it's going to be a much more lighthearted track than it is. And then it just punches you right in the face. And like, and I like songs like that, that you think they start out a different way than you, they, you know, and you think it's going one way. And then all of a sudden it just flips on you. So I really like that about the song. And I love the concept, uh, which is this, this is a concept that Ella came up with. And I kind of just, you know, I heard his his verse and I just kind of played off that and uh, it just went together so well. My favorite, you know, it's tough to pick one, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Dope City, which uh, actually that one's produced by MDOT. So mm -hmm. MDOT started oh, nice. producing. Yeah, MDOT produced uh, two tracks on the album, Craig. So, well, actually, and, my next question was going to be uh, who produced the songs on the album and how many is there yeah so i'll i'll touch on that too but let me just tell you about this track because it's really a, it's a really important track so dope city it's produced by m dot and you know he started producing in the pandemic like he used to dabble in it back in college but he didn't really do it like seriously but during the pandemic because he couldn't tour and do all that stuff 
he kind of was at home because he was laid off from work. So he tried to like find a way to use that time. And he started like producing, like really going in, like focusing on the craft. Yeah. So he gave us a, a beat folder for the album and Dope City was just one of those beats that as soon as me and Illa heard it, we, we knew we're like, yo, that's something right there. That's special. What's funny and, uh, is, I can't remember. Song, hey, Chris, uh, hold on real quick. What's funny is, uh, side story, I'm not sure what beat we chose originally, but we chose a different beat for Dope City, and neither one of us could like, mm. really come up with anything for it. And then Dot sent right. this beat, and it just came flowing out, man. So I just wanted yeah. to add that in. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. We actually had an original beat for the concept. Uh, a different beat originally and then it, it just wasn't meshing and then we heard this and we're like yep that's what it should go over because the beat was just it was it had like a uh it was like a little bit more up tempo but it had a certain melancholy like to it like in a certain soul yeah. about it so the song is is two perspectives of addicts and they're basically telling their story of how they became addicted and mm. you know it's it's funny because like people's uh, view on addiction is, you know, it, it, depending on who you are, it, some people say it's a choice and whatever, but no matter where you fall in that, uh, one thing about addiction is, is that it's a really hard thing to get out of. As you see with like somebody like DMX who just passed recently, rest in peace, you know, it, it's hard. It's a hard thing to shake for some people. And I don't think a lot of people realize the personal demons uh, it takes to like overcome something like that. You know, if you've never witnessed it firsthand. So we're telling stories. It's not our own personal stories, but we've both been around addiction enough to kind of reflect on it and kind of characterize that in the storytelling that we did on this song. And it's just a really powerful song, man. I think it's going to be a, a hidden favorite for a lot of people. Perfect. And to just go on further uh, about what you said about who produces on the album. So MDOT does two tracks. Uh, we got Recognize Real on there who produced Back At It, which was the first song that we originally recorded. Uh, and we actually mm -hmm. re-recorded that song later on in the album process because we just felt like it wasn't up to par with the other stuff. And we're like, yo, we got to redo it so that it's like it has that same punch, you know? So we That's redid it and it's man. incredible. That one took a lot of Yeah, time. man. <laughs> yeah, but yo, but it came out so dope. And, and my dude Census, uh, he mixed... He mixed like three tracks on the album. Quiz, uh, my boy Quiz, he mixed most of the album. But Census mixed three joints on the album. And Back At It and Dope City were two of the ones that he mixed. Uh, he's my my dude from Germany. I connected to him uh, uh, through MDOT, actually. And uh, we met him in, uh, in Germany, like doing music with our boy Watson. But he's just an incredible engineer, man. And he did such a good job on both those tracks. Um, but yeah, who else is uh, producing on there? Gajos. Gajos, yeah, from Poland, yeah. Was another one. Um, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank right Who now. else? Oh, uh, Putty Productions. L-O-B. Yeah, L-O-B. L-O-B, who's uh, from Serbia. He's nasty. Yeah. Uh, Putty Productions did Dream Chaser. Um, L-O-B actually uh, does Keys? the track with M-Dot. I've been. Yeah, that's the track uh, that we're dropping next week, uh, Craig. It's called I've Been. We're dropping the video for that next Monday, and uh, the song will oh, be out as well. Oh, is that the uh, video? Is that the bullying yeah. video I've seen? Yeah, before? it's like a it's like a big Lebowski-inspired video, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you guys had fun doing that. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was dope, man. It was a good time. It, it was a lot going on, you know what I mean? Like, but... um. Right. It was dope because it's not your stereotypical like stereotypical rap video where it's just like dudes rapping for three or four minutes. Like there's a lot of characters in it. There's a lot of like well thought out scenes and stuff like that. And I like for this for this whole concept, the original concept we were gonna do was kidnapping a DJ. That was like what I first thought of. And then I was like, I, I didn't love that idea because I felt like it was a little too much cliche. So I was like, yo, what if we did it at a bowling alley and we kind of did it like Big Lebowski style, just goofy, having fun. We're not really good at bowling, but we act like we are and we just cheat to win. <laughs> yeah. So then it just kind of snowballed, you know. So you said that's going to be out next week, that video? Yeah, yeah it drops, it drops uh, the, the 26th. So probably I think by the time this interview comes out, it'll be out. Um, 
or around that time and uh, it'll be on YouTube and then the song will be streaming on all platforms and then the album drops the 30th so the video comes out the 26th and then the album drops that Friday the 30th now aren't you having a listening party on the 23rd online yes. yeah we are, yeah party. Yep, it'll and be that's in- just on Instagram or no it'll be on Zoom so it's invite only the reason we, we chose to do it on Zoom was like me and Tay were talking about it and we could have did it on Instagram, but Zoom, it's, I feel like it offers a little bit better, uh, like audio quality, like for um, playing music. Cause they, you know, a lot of DJs and stuff use Zoom to do like Zoom DJ parties and stuff. So yeah, I bought an iRig and we're going to use the iRig to play, you know, just go through the tracks on the album and play and kind of talk about what the thought process was behind it. So, but it's only 50 slots. Uh, so I'm inviting only 50 people. So what we're doing is, is if you want to be invited, you send me your email, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, whatever, just DM me your email. And if, if there's still slots left, I'll, I'll make sure I send you an invite. Uh, and that's the 23rd at 9 PM. Okay. <clears throat> and um, did you say how many tracks are on the album? There's oh yeah, be... there's. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, there's twelve, and then I'll let I'll let Ella tell you uh, about the other stuff without giving too much away, Ella, because we don't want to tell them what one of the bonuses are. <laughs> yeah, so there's twelve, but if you go to Bandcamp and you purchase the album, you get two extra tracks or whatnot. Yeah. And, um, one of them I I can't front. I'm I'm more than excited about. Um, I can't wait for people to hear it. The, the the beat is crazy. Who did the beat again, Rev? Uh, DJ Mech did the beat. Yeah. He, yeah, DJ Mech did the beat. He's one of the homies from Europe. Uh, he's been sending us, like, beats forever. So he did the beat, and it'll be one of the bonus tracks uh, with a surprise, like, some surprise guests. I don't want to give too much away, but you can only get it on Bandcamp or if you mm-hmm. purchase a physical copy of the album. Yeah. So there'll be two bonuses, but the bonuses will only be for people that actually buy the album. So if you stream it, you won't hear these songs. But if you go on Bandcamp and you purchase it, you'll get it. Or if you buy the physical copy on Bandcamp, you'll get it. Okay. And do you guys have any more music that you're working on together? Or is this just a one-shot project? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so it's funny you say that. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but... We are working on on uh, a future project uh, with some other people involved, so I, I don't want to say too much yet. But it's gonna let's just say it's gonna go back to our roots. We'll put it that way. Yeah, this album got the the, the ball rolling. Let's just say that this album got the ball okay. rolling. Okay. So music. there is there is more music in the works to answer your question. And, and I'm working so, on a um, solo, too, at, right now as well, which is going to be produced entirely by MDOT. Oh, nice. So what do you have a like a time this year that you're planning on releasing that? I, I don't yet. I've only done I've recorded one song and I've written another one. Um, it's probably going to be about 10 tracks. It's not going to be a long album, but I'm hoping for maybe the end of the year, hopefully. But what we'll see, you know, I, I it's, art is not something I rush. I just kind of let it fall in its place. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I feel like M. Dot spent his time um, in during the pandemic better than anyone else I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning to make beats that like that. Insane, man. Um, he, his work <laughs> ethic is is infectious. And I mean, yeah, uh, he just brings so much energy around people and whatnot. Like when we were shooting the I Ben video, man, like he was everywhere. And it, for me, it was my first video. But for him, you know, it was his gazillionth or whatever it was. So he, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So he was just going around, man, like giving so much direction to people. And you know, for you know, yeah. for you know, somebody like me only having that one under my belt, it was cool to just sit there and just listen and try to learn, man. So yeah, having dude around is a is a big is a big bonus and a big you know just helps out a ton or whatnot for the experience. For sure, for sure. Yeah, he bring he brings a um, lot of experience for sure. I wanted to touch on um, Wu Wednesday real quick before I forget. Um, whose idea was that to do it like a Wu Tang tribute song? One hundred percent. Like we both, we listened to the when the beat came up, we both were like just kind of looked at each other like, man, this kind of gives you that Wu that Wu Tang vibe or whatnot, and laughed about it 
and then he came up with the idea for Wu Wednesday. Um, to me, that was I think Wu Wednesday was when his head was completely into the album at the time, because uh, at at this point it was just me kind of going up there and dropping verses and whatnot. And, but at this point is when he just like dove like all right now my focus is 100% on this and he came up with Wu Wednesday and it was just such a fun concept because I got to go through a bunch of Wu-Tang albums to, to listen to or whatnot and uh yeah but he he put that whole thing together man and he had the idea of it being the first single which I admittedly will say was a little skeptical about but uh everything this was this was all on rev that was his experience and um both of us love our love for Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you guys remember like the first song you heard from Wu Tang, and um, do you have a favorite track or album from them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for for me, the the first album I ever heard was obviously uh, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, their first album, and I heard that actually because my uncle had the tape. And so I used to go over my grandmother's house. Right, my uncle used to get all the new like all the new tapes. He used to go to Strawberries. And, you know, for people that don't know what that is, that was a store that sold music. Those exi- those existed, like, back in the day. Yeah, it even sold records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to buy the tapes, you know, like, when the albums, what was it? It used to come out on, uh, when when did the albums come out? Was it Tuesdays back in the day or something like that? Tuesdays, yeah. So he would go yeah. every Tuesday, at like, after school, and he would get the new tapes. And then I'd go to the house, like, my grandmother's house on the weekend. So I'll never forget, because the first time he bought um, the Wu-Tang album, the Enter the 36 Chambers, right? I seen the tape and he had it on his bureau and I was like, what's this? And you know how the cover looks like they all have no faces, right? They got the the face, the right. faceless mask. And I was like, yeah, I was enamored by that right away. It, it like caught my attention. I was like, what's this? I got to listen to this. You know what I'm saying? And at the time I was probably like 11, maybe so, somewhere around there. But like, I, I like, always used to go to his house and steal tape. So I, I had a little Walkman that my mom had got me and I snuck the tape real quick. And when he wasn't home and I just started listening to it, I was like, Oh my God, you know, like, what is this? I was, it was like opening a whole new world, you know? And, um, I, I was just, yeah. ever since then I was hooked. The first time I heard, um, 36 chambers is always going to be my favorite. I just, it's just something about it. But that being the first time I had heard it, I had heard Cream in a barbershop when I was a kid. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching all these adults just vibe out to this song. And coincidentally, when I got home, my uncle, who used to come to our crib before he went to work, he literally had brought 36 Chambers there. And I was like, oh, I just listened to this in the barbershop and I just got to listen to it. And I, I was just, I could not believe what I was hearing, man. You know, it was a... a it, it, album with nine dudes that worked and you know what I'm saying so for me like that was that was crazy and you know even moving on from then like listening to you know Raekwon and you know listening to to Method Man who I was a huge fan of and the fact that that dude doesn't swear anymore and still puts out the verses he does is crazy but um like listening to to those guys or whatnot I mean it's hard to say that you came from our generation and didn't have some impact at one point from Wu-Tang Clan. It just, it would just, it doesn't seem right to me. So it was real right. cool to write this song, man. It, and it was a lot of fun. And I love the fact that it got a lot of attention and a lot of love. For sure. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, Strawberries because I went on Tuesday, the day that Takao came out and Old Dirty's <laughs> album and Raekwon and bought all those on a, a Tuesday nice. at Strawberries. Nice, nice. Like I specifically remember, but I had first heard um, Wu Tang um, on a blank tape that someone had dubbed like from somewhere, and um, it was "Bring the Ruckus." The oh first wow! I heard mm. so. Yeah, that's yeah. It just it did the same thing with me. It just sucked me in because like no one was really talking about like ninjas or like martial arts on yeah hip hop right. songs back then. I right. Felt like. It was just so different, man. Like what they brought to the game was so unique. The way they were mixing in the kung fu movies, and the thing is, like growing up in the projects and stuff and stuff like that. Like the the big thing was like kung fu movies used to come on like the the you know the local access channel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so when I was a kid in the Bronx, right, one of the local access channels used to play kung fu movies. I think it was every Saturday, and me and my uncles 
and we would just like sit there and the whole day we just watch kung fu movies you know what i mean so i could relate to that really strongly so when i heard that in hip-hop i was just like yo this is it for me like this is you know yeah now i know uh rev is like um a super connector like he knows mm-hmm. people all over the place like you get songs played all over the world and uh so what? Where was it played that surprised you the most? That what track? Wednesday? Uh, I'll yeah. let I'll let because I feel like it was all. I'll let before. Illa go first because like Illa was really. Uh, I know he's really um, soaking all this in still, but um, I'll let him. Uh, I'll let him go first with that one. I was for me all of it is overwhelming because like I said I've uh, like we were talking about before Chris jumped on Craig like. It took me a while to get serious about this at all. So I've never had like the the pleasure of people outside of where I am really listening to and soaking in my music. So Rev sends me a text and he's like, yo, we, we getting played in Portugal. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? He sends me another one. He's like, yo, man, somebody's spinning this in Paris. And I'm like, duh. What? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, my voice is being, our voice is being heard. Like, to me, that is insane, man. And um, for it to be in 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 context, for it to be played anywhere, I don't care if it was played the smallest town in the country, but the fact that it's just being played in places that I've never even personally been, man, that's that means more than something to me, man. That that just that that was a. A huge thing. It made all for me. It made, and not that it wasn't at all, but it just made this more than worth it to do. I put this much energy into it, man. So hearing it was in in different countries for me, that was just massive and still mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's great. Hold on, Rev. Before you Go answer, ahead. like, th- does it still surprise you? Or are you just used to like seeing your music played all over the place? I mean, I, like, it still surprises me, man. I, like, I'm so. I'll be honest with you, like. Sometimes it's hard to get motivated with music. That's why it's like taking me so long to like put out more material, like whether it be a solo or even this project, like for a while I fell back. Uh, but like, there's just something about music that just, you know, enamors me. And I, I, I always will have a love for it, even if I'm not putting out music, whether it's writing or freestyling. But like, just to think of the fact that like people overseas like rock with us and listen to our music, it's amazing. Like, I feel blessed, like, I, you know, to me, it's like I, I'm just lucky that anybody even cares. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so I look at it like just appreciative right. and just thankful that people take their time to listen to our music or spend their money to buy our music or, or spend their money to come see us overseas or, or or come out to a show even out here. So I'm still enamored by all that, man. Like I'm so appreciative and thankful and just grateful for for all of it. Do you have a favorite place that you performed when you were overseas? Um, I mean, all of them are dope, but one show I will say that was uh, particularly like like memorable for me personally was we did a show in uh, Sweden, a uh, little, little small town. I think it's called, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's, I think it's Tilburga or Tilburga. I, I, it's something like that, but it's a, it's a little small town in Sweden. And they had hired us for a show out there to do um, like a festival where it was like a a festival for the high school, the local high school. But like everybody from the town comes to the festival, you know what I'm saying? And the kids also open and perform and stuff. And that was a really unique experience because it was dope to see the younger generation's love for hip hop overseas. Mm. Like, cause out here, it's a little bit different, Mm. you know, overseas there's, just a different appreciation for the roots of hip hop. Like there was kids that were like 15, 14, like break dancing. You know what I mean? Oh, and I haven't seen that in yeah. a long time, you know, but they were like literally like breaking and like spinning and popping and like, and I was just like bugged out. They had the little like cypher circle and dudes would jump in the middle. And this is while the performances were going on, like while we were on stage and other people were on stage. And I was just so, I, I was so surprised by that. And it was such a blast to see that like positivity toward, you know, a culture that we love. Cause I remember that's how it was when we were growing up, but I had no idea that there's still younger people that appreciate it that way until I, I was at that show. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, let's touch on Dream Chaser real quick. That's the second <laughs> single you guys have from this album. It's a really motivating song. You guys mentioned like a few things like waking up and, and like being motivated and stuff. Is there any daily rituals that you do like to stay motivated, like meditation or anything? I'll let Ella jump that, jump on that one. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't say that I, I wake up and meditate or nothing like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know what Ella's meditation is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a different kind of medicine that I wake up to. But um, <laughs> that being said, man, um, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I see is my wife. So that's motivation enough. And I mean, I look over and, you know, I, I you know, she don't, I, I would hope she didn't want to be with a failure. So my, uh, I, I wake up and I look over and I'm like, damn, I got to get to work. <laughs> so I, I get up right. and, I, and I, you know, I see her and I think of, I know, you know, you, you think of everything. I don't want to say about that. Everybody else is thinking, but you know, I look at something like, how much effort, you know, Rev is putting into putting this out or whatnot. And that just makes me want to do more, you know what I'm saying, and learn more. So little things like that. So I won't say that I have a, a, a routine, a routine that I'm uh, a routine of meditation or anything, but there are certain people that you look at and it just makes, it just drives you to be better. And that's what drives me when I wake up. So if there is a such thing as a routine, that's it. I just look at my wife and I know that the day's going to get started. That's a lot. That's awesome. Good answer. Yeah, I for me, I don't have a particular um routine. Um I, I just kind of set goals. Like I have a um I have like a dry erase board like in the studio in the basement, and I kind of write down like the, the different songs I gotta do and stuff, and, and it helps me just kind of keep track of like verses I owe and things. So that's how I keep like organized and stuff. But I don't have any particular routine, like especially when it comes to creating music, I kind of just let it happen. Um, and also, too, a lot. So neither of you guys. No, no. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say. So neither of you, neither of you guys have like a daily writing ritual. Would like, I need to sit down and write lyrics at this no, time. No, or I kind of just, just let, let it happen. happen. Usually, it's when a beat talks to me. So I'll just like listen to beats, like whether it be in the car on the ride to work or on the ride home or whatever. And uh, sometimes it'll talk to me and then I'll just be in the mood to write. So I just kind of go by when the mood strikes me because that's, I think, when I put out my best material is when I feel motivated and inspired. It's just hard to feel that way. I'm just lucky that I have, like, supportive people. My wife is really supportive. My friends are supportive. My family's supportive. And I have people around me that, you know, want to see me do, like, well. You know what I'm saying? So those people pushing me and like trying to see me do better for myself is kind of what keeps me motivated. And um, uh, yeah, for me, yep. um, I'm not saying this bragging at any way because it, it's um or because you know it works against me. I'm a weird writer. <laughs> you know, um, when it comes down to it, like I'll listen to a beat, and I I never want to really just sit there. And there are times where I do do it, but I just never really want to sit there. And try to rush through it. I want to try to come up with the best po- uh, bars and flow mm. possible. So there'll be mm-hmm. times. So I'll start off, and you know, I'll try to make sure I can work out a beginning and see where I want to go with it, and what you know, listen to the beat and see what parts I want to change up or whatnot as far as flow goes. But I just kind of let it go day by day, and just let certain bars and certain part hits me, certain parts. And if I know if something's more urgent, obviously, you know, I'll get on it. But for the most part, like, that was the, the beauty of being able to work on this album is that we didn't really put a stamp on like it has to be done here. We all, we knew that we were going to have to put a lot of work into it, but we weren't just like, all right, it has to be done by, you know, February. You know what I mean? It was just like, no, let's sit back and do this. So that gave me the opportunity to write the the way that I usually like to, to, to put the most effort into it that I possibly can by just sitting back. And you know, I would be in like Walmart and be like, Oh man, I got a good part for dream chaser. <laughs> me and just start writing on my phone. So, you know, that, that, Likewise. That's for me. Now, um, this question's for Rev. You've been on a lot of songs. You've made a lot of music. Is there a, a track that's your favorite that you've made so far? And is it on this album? Well, I will say this. It's hard to pick a favorite because, um, you know, when you've done so so much music over the years, whether it be collabs, features, or whatever, so it's hard to, like, single out one. I mean, there's definitely, like, a handful that I really love that kind of sit with me in a special place. Uh, I'd say some of my best work is on this album 
and I don't just say that because I know that's like, that, that's like cliche. Everybody says, oh, yeah, this album is like my best work. But I actually really mean that. And the reason being, and my wife pointed this out to me, actually, because she said, you know, a lot of my older music used to be very like, you know, lewd. And I would say, you know, I would just do stuff for like shock value. And, you know, I still do it here and there, you know, like punchlines, because I'm just one that I like clever things. And I like to say stuff in like a, a way that hopefully has never been said or, or is funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this this album particularly, yeah. she had pointed out like, you know, um, she could tell that there was more like serious subject matter on this, like the stuff that we were talking about. Uh, different than what I typically record. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of my stuff is very hard and punchline heavy or just in your face and raw. And this, we kind of have a lot of uh, variety on this. You know, They're, like Dream Chaser, there's people that have heard my music forever and don't know that I can do songs like that. And we used to do songs like that all the time in the Mike Murderers, but people people that haven't heard those, like, those mixtapes and stuff, they wouldn't know that about me. But we're, we're capable of doing all types of music. And I like to challenge myself and not stay stagnant or in a box. I don't just like I love all genres of music. So I like to showcase that whenever I can. Mm. Yep. Um, so I got a few more questions, then we can wrap it up. It's because it's been about right. 45 minutes now. Um, do you guys have a top five favorite oh, wow. albums of all time? Wow. Even That's a I good question. I'm sure I could name them off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably could. I know I could. Um, I would say Ready to Die, Fear of a Black Planet, mm. um, College Dropout, Food and Liquor, and Muddy Waters, Redman. That is a, a good, good list. list. That is a good <laughs> list. I like asking this question because you never yeah. know what anyone's going to say. Like, so many people like different songs. For sure, for sure. For whatever reason. So for me, personally, it'd be, um, it'd definitely be Enter the 36 Chambers, definitely on there. Um, I'd say Outcasts, AT Aliens. Uh, I would say probably De La Soul is Dead. Uh I would say probably Big Pun, Capital Punishment. And, man, this is tough. There's so many dope albums. And probably Illmatic. Oh, and I know that's, like, a super, like, popular one. But that album, particularly for me, had a special place because, like, I remember when I first heard that album, again, it was a tape that I stole from my uncle. But I was so, um, like inspired by that album at a young age because the way that he structured that album wasn't how other people were structuring albums at that time like he chose to get like an all-star cast of producers and that was at a time where really most dudes were rocking with like one producer so when i go back and listen to that and see how Nas broke the mold i could see why that album's so revered and i still listen to that album a lot mm -hmm. today so that's how i know like certain albums have a special yep. place with like with me, I can still go back and listen to it like 15, 20 years or 25 years later, whatever. Then, you know, I know that that's like timeless and I'll still listen to that when I'm like 50, even. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I can completely relate. I mean, um, <clears throat> for me, I, my top five, just because I've said it a million times, is um, Illmatic, yeah. my favorite album. And then uh, number two is Wu Tang mm. into the 36 Chambers. Three is okay. Red Man, mm. what the album. Four is only built. Oh only yeah, built for Cuban links, and then five is the infamous. And these albums, I've bought them all on record, tape, and CD. And I, I, I yo, honorable mention, honorable yeah. mention that I forgot, and it's so hard to do this because I, I, like, it depends on my mood. Because tomorrow you ask me this question, it might be different. But Midnight Marauders, <laughs> Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest is yes. another honorable oh, yeah. mention for me. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned De La Soul is Dead because I was actually listening, um, what was it, Take It Personal podcast. It's an incredible uh -huh. hip-hop show. And um, they were talking about, like, the best De La albums, and they one of them kept saying De La Soul is Dead. And, like, 
I can't decide if I like stakes as high or blue yeah. mind state better, but I keep trying to listen to De La Soul is dead. And, and like, I, I have a hard time getting into it, even though I've, yeah, so it's just, it's one of those, I, I guess for me, it's like the time it, it holds a place in my heart because of the time that I listened to it was at a time that I was like really discovering right. a lot of new hip hop. And De La was one of those crews that they did stuff so differently than the norm. Like when everybody else was like, you know, spitting hard and like trying to, they were doing like artsy stuff and like weird videos and like, you know, funny things and skits and like, you know what I'm saying? They were just so like left with it. And for some reason that always appealed to me. Yeah. There's, mm. there's actually, um, there's a hip hop documentary show. I forget what it's called on Netflix. And I was just watching it the other day and they were saying when they made me, myself and I, they were trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. possible. The evolution and it of ended up being their biggest hit. Yeah, that's the show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Evolution yeah, of Hip Hop. I seen that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's a great show. So um, let's see. Uh, what are you guys currently listening to for newer hip hop? Is there anything that you're really feeling this year that's come out or even in 2020? Oh, absolutely. Gibbs, man. I, I love me some Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, me too. I like Gibbs. Um, who else do I enjoy? Um I don't know. There's so much. I listen to everything. Uh, like I, I'm really like all over the map with like what I listen to. But Gibbs has definitely yeah. been really consistent. Royce, Royce the Five Nine's been another one that I've liked his last few projects a lot. Yep. Um, like I love, I love the fact that he produced Allegory himself too, which is dope. This late in his career, producing a whole album. Um, what else? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's so much, there's so much new music. Like, but yeah, I like, I, I definitely been listening to a lot of Gibbs, a lot of Royce. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, Griselda. I've been liking Griselda a lot, man. I've been like, yeah. I've been in a zone with Benny the Benny the Butcher is yeah, really like one of my favorites, and I like Conway a lot too. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, Benny's my favorite. Yeah, me too. The skit with the mad rapper kills me every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. uh... Benny the Butcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like Griselda. That's hilarious. <laughs> he said, "Knock before you come in my room." He's like, "Yo, man, it's my room too." <laughs> but yeah, yeah I love that. Funny. So, um, before we wrap up, is there anything um we didn't mention about the new release that you guys want to let? Yeah. You know so about? one one thing, real quick, well, I'll great. say. Um. So obviously, the album drops April 30th. Make sure you guys go stream it. And if you want to buy the album, it'll be on Bandcamp. Um, I'll have the, the two bonus track tracks on there. If people buy the album, they get the two bonus tracks. And I'm going to have uh, physical CDs on there. And me and Illa are talking about uh, maybe doing a limited vinyl run for the album. So it depends on people's interest. Yeah. So we might put some pre-orders up and see how it does. And if it gets enough pre-orders, then we'll we'll print the vinyl, you know. So that's what we've been talking about. And other than that, man, just you know, just check out the album. Yes, sir. Anything you can uh, think of? I would Ella? say when you listen to Dream Chaser and you listen to the uh if you really listen to it, man, you'll know that that's when we knew that we were doing something good with this album. And that, that's, that's an actual fact. I think, uh, you know, we did back at it in a game, which are both really dope tracks. And then shout out to mayhem. Cause I love a game. But, um, when we did dream chaser or whatnot, which Rev just had lingering somehow with this hook from Eli green. And he let me hear this. And I, I could not wait to put a, a dope flow over this. And I think that that was the song that, um, kind of pushed both of us to make things like Dope City, and I apologize afterwards. For sure, you know what I mean. So, yeah. So for me, um, Dream Chaser. When people hear this, just, just this is what fueled the album, in my opinion. When you hear this single, and the, and um, the thing is, too, to to go a little bit, just real quick, to go in on that is I, Dream Chaser might not be everybody's cup of tea based on our niche. Like I know, I know our niche. You know, like the music we've made over the years predominantly boom bap, hardcore, East Coast hip hop, right? So Dream Chaser might not even be everybody's cup of tea, but there's no way that you can listen to it and be like, yo, they don't sound like themselves. Because like, if you listen to the substance, the substance and the lyrical ability is still there. 
Like what we're saying and stuff like that is stuff that people can relate to. And we're still rhyming. Like we're still rhyming our asses off. It just happens to be over a newer age beat. That's all. You know what I'm saying? And it with a catchy ass hook. So anybody that right. could appreciate good music in general will enjoy that song. And even if they're, that's not their uh, bread and butter, they'll understand that, like, you know, artistically you have to challenge yourself. And that was a song that challenged us and made the rest of the album better, like Tay said. Mm. Now, um, before I forget, is there any EMS releases that you can tell us about that you know that are coming out? In yeah, the yeah. Um, so... Mayhem and Benefit are working on an EP. Um, that should be coming out, I'm thinking, by summer. They don't have a set date yet, but I'm thinking it'll be out by the summer. Um, Dot obviously has Ego and the Enemy 2 wrapped. He's just looking for the right time to drop it so that he could tour on it. Um, so maybe, you know, summer or, like, later in the year. We'll, we'll see, you know, but it's done. Um, there's an EMS album that's about 90% done. Um what else? Uh, I mean, this this pro I'm working on the solo, like I said, produced by M Dot. So that I mean, that's what's going on in the EMS camp. There's so much music coming, so everybody will definitely keep hearing us, uh, you know, on the blogs and on the websites and stuff for sure. All right, I got one more question, but first, can you guys let people know where they can find you online and um, give any? Yeah, uh, at Rev VMS on everything. So at R E V O F. EMS on everything. No spaces, no underscores at Rebel EMS. Yeah, um the V's one seven six on Instagram at Godilla Lives on Facebook. And I mean and um at John and at Godilla on uh, Twitter. You guys can uh, yeah, shout out uh, my man. Uh, you wanna go at first, Chris? No, I was just gonna say shout out to the people listening. Shout out to you, Craig, for having us. We really appreciate it. And go check out the album. That's that's my shout out. Yeah. My shout out is to my man Lou Six, my man Cut, uh, my man Catalyst, and Craig. Biggest shout out to you because this is my first radio interview ever. And before I came on, I was extremely nervous, and you was cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Um, so I've li- I don't know if you guys listen to any other podcasts, but for me, like in the last five or six years, I've, they've really had a huge influence on me, and that's why I do this show. And um, so I try to end the show on a positive note. So um, basically for anyone out there that's having a rough time and maybe their life completely sucks and they feel completely hopeless, what advice would you give them to stay taking a step in a more positive direction and improve? I'll let you go first. That's a great question. Um, To improve. I I feel like you got to find something that motive that that motivates you and keeps you motivated along with thinking of, the consequences of whatever actions that you may take. Um, for me, like I said, when I wake up, I look at my wife and I know that I gotta, I gotta, no matter what, no matter how bad things get, I gotta keep on. That may not work for some, for everybody, but you know, you need to know, you need to be motivated by the things, by knowing that if you're not around or if, you know, if you, if you don't, you can disappoint so many other people or whatnot. So and on top of that, do it for yourself. You know what I mean? Do it for yourself so you can feel a certain way inside. And I mean, everything, like I said, my motivation may not be everybody else's, but just find what actually does motivate you. And even if it feels like nothing is, there is something out there, man. And just just don't give up on it. And, you know, just keep it up. Just, just all I can say is just keep on. Yeah, man. For me, I would just say um, just appreciate Every day waking up, being able to breathe. There's so many people that have it so much worse. And if you look at it like that and you just be grateful for every second, which is not always easy. Sometimes it's easy to to be caught up in the moment and the moment of frustration, stress, stress, depression, whatever it is. It's easy to get caught up in that stuff. But you have to think about the long term and understand that that's only a moment in time and it won't last forever. You know what I'm saying? It can't rain all the time. So eventually that storm cloud's going to pass and it's going to be sunshine again. You just got to get yourself to that point, you know? So keep pushing, keep staying positive and just appreciate the things that you do have and the stuff around you, your family, your friends, your loved ones, you know, and, and that's it. And just keep pushing forward. 
All right, those are really good answers. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Rev, thanks for all the tracks that you sent. No problem. The radio show. No I really problem. appreciate it over the years. And uh, I Thank love you. these Thank tracks you. you guys have put out so far. I'm really Thanks, brother. Thanks. April 30th. Yes, sir. All right, April 30th. We're going to be on that. And uh, good luck with everything, guys. I, I hope it goes well, and I'm looking forward Thank to hearing you. a lot of good music. Thank you, brother. Future. appreciate you, man. All right, All right you too. Peace. Take care, guys. The, 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 the Craig Noise Podcast. Podcast.